0: amen and amen wherever you're sitting right now i dare you to give a shout to the lord who got you up this morning he is in fact good to us and this is the day that the lord has made and we rejoice and we are so glad in it good morning victory fam good morning friends my name is paul and i am just happy to be back with you all this week um i I, i'm privileged to pastor Uh, Victory Church of Charlottesville where we exist to see people reconcile to God and to each other and for the last week or so we were away as a family and uh, just getting some rest and and refreshment and recharging and and as I shared with a lot of our Victory fam this morning on our zoom call uh, it's nice that the church is us it's a we such that we can step away and 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 get the rest we need and the church continues Uh, and so I pray that you enjoyed the last couple of weeks, we did a throwback a couple of weeks ago with Pastor Danelle Perkins and her word from last year when she visited us in person. And then last week with Pastor Marion. So I pray that that was a blessing to you, just like it was for me, to be able to watch it from afar. But uh, again, it is it is just good to be back uh, and to rejoice uh, with you through this virtual medium. Uh, Pastor Marion, uh, if you missed him, Pastor Marion Mason is from National Community Church In Washington, D.C., he kicked off of our November series on giving thanks uh, with a message entitled Hope. And so if you missed that, please go on to our YouTube page where you can uh, find it there in full. But Pastor Marion, thank you for that great word, for your diligence and preparation in the word and for not sharing too many stories about your brother. No, just kidding. You could have shared as many as you would like. Obviously, there's uh, there's, uh, there's just God all throughout our Friendship and time over the years, my being uh, your best man in your wedding and your being a best man in ours. I'm grateful for such relationship like that. And so you're welcome back to victory anytime. Thank you again for uh, for that word. So good morning again, Victory Famine friends. Uh, Turn with me, if you will, this morning to Second Corinthians chapter four. And we're going to look at verses seven through ten. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses seven through ten. And and as I as you find that uh, I typically uh, say that we have about twenty nine minutes together. But, you know, coming back uh, a little refreshed and recharged, we might be thirty one minutes. I'm just saying or there may be thirty two, uh, but we won't be before you long. Uh, we'll promise to be brief however long that takes. How's that? Uh, but Second Corinthians chapter four, verses seven through ten. And as you find that, let's just pray, Lord, open up our eyes so that we will see all of what is in the word of God, all of the goodness that's there for us to digest. And to that end, help us to ingest and digest your word. Help it drop the 18 inches or so from our head down to our heart such that it can be applied to our everyday experience. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Second Corinthians chapter four verses 7 through 10. It reads this way, "But we have treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed." We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And the title of the message this morning is, Don't Quit. Don't Quit. The second message following up Pastor Marion's last week in the series, Give Thanks, for this month of November, but this morning, the title of the message within that series is, Don't Quit. I listened to Pastor Marion's message last week, and, and then again uh, during the week, as I was praying about how to continue this series and what to share today, and I was reminded um, in 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 prayer and in looking at Marion, Pastor Marion's uh, sermon from last week, of a poem that Marion and I. Uh, along with our seven line brothers that we learned in college during our fraternity initiation. Uh, It's called Don't Quit. Uh, And I like to share those words uh, as I believe they're a bit relevant for us this morning. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you are trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and, and many a failure, uh, uh and, and every one of us, uh, and many a failure comes about. Oh, my guy's gonna get me on that. Uh, and many a failure comes about when he might have won ha- ha- had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out the silver tint of the cloud of doubt, and you never can tell just how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far, so stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Many of us are taking some hard hits right now in life. On the lighter side of those hard things, some do, no doubt, to this pandemic that we're still in uh the lighter side of that might be like me facing the challenge of just trying to complete a workout anybody Uh, before all of this pandemic i had a rhythm two to three times a week i was in the the gym uh with 20 to 30 other folks in these hour slots where we would push each other and get it in high-fiving each other along the way not letting each other give up and now it's just me with my videos. So like David in the Bible, I'm like, I need to encourage myself in this space. Uh, a few weeks ago, though, it was nice to, or maybe a month or so now ago, my kids, uh, they saw me working out. I invited them to join me as I usually do. And this time they said, yeah, sure, we will. And I said, great. Well, look, just just do what you can, modify what as you need to, just keep moving, right? Like one of my old uh, uh, buddies from college and still friend today said, "Paul, man, slow motion is better than no motion." So I'm pulling all of that out with them. Just keep moving, knowing that some of these workouts I try to do with Chris Collins, shout out to him, are are hard, but they're good for me. And so they're there with me. They're doing all of the lunges, they're doing the squats, they're doing all of these body resistant moves and exercises. And at one point, uh our youngest screams out, "Hey, listen! When I when I say when I ask the question, who are we?" I need you to answer strong people. And and meanwhile, it was at a point where I'm like gasping for air, like one thing I can't do well when I'm working out is talk a whole lot, right? So I'm like gasping for air, not feeling strong at all, thinking about how much I used to be able to do that now I cannot do. And yet she yelled it again. When I yell, who are we? I want you to say strong people. So she said, who are we? And I look and look at my other kids and, and, and then we all just responded, strong people. She said it again, who are we? Strong people. Who are we? Strong people. And it's become since then this moniker in the house. We're doing these daily five to seven minute workouts now together. And she'll just say, who are we? Strong people. And every time she asked it and we answered it with whatever air we could muster, it was almost like I felt more and more confident in my capacity to finish that workout. Like I'm going to do this. I got this. I can. I'm strong enough to finish this. Almost like, uh. Uh, I think, I don't know that I actually recited this, but it made me think just now of Mike Tyson when he fought, I think it was Lennox Lewis, in that famous speech after that fight where he just kind of went into this space of like, I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and the most vicious. i the most ruthless champion ever. No one can stop me. Lennox Lewis, the conqueror? No, I'm Alexander right now. I started feeling like that when she started to scream, who are we? Strong people. She got me hyped even right now. So let me come on back down. But I'm, I'm hyped. Every time my baby says that, who are we? And we all say together, we're strong people. And the truth is, for all of us, we hit that wall. I was referencing the wall in a workout, but we hit the wall in life, not just in workouts. We get to that point where we might know somewhere mentally. We read it maybe in the Bible at some point, maybe even memorize the scripture. It is in the Bible, by the way, that we are more than conquerors. But man, this pandemic is wearing me down. These furloughs are about to take my family out. These health reports that I'm that I'm getting, they're overwhelming. I can't even bring myself uh, to, to look at them or I can't even literally bring somebody with me to the doctor's office to to hear the news because of all of the precautions due to COVID, which I understand and get. But man, that's hard. You might be saying, I'm more than a conqueror. I know that, but gosh, right now I'm just feeling a bit defeated. Like there's this wall I can't get through. And at times for all of us, it feels like it's just not translating that truth and other truths of scripture to our hearts such that there's confidence that that is who we really are and that we can do all things through Christ. But as I shared on an earlier call, Uh, with our Victory fam on a a short Zoom call we have each week. God works at night too. He's not unfamiliar with the darkest times. He lived through some of that as he took on flesh in the form of Jesus. God, in the darkest times, in the night times of our lived experiences, God is there. And we are all tempted, make no mistake about it, we are all tempted to lose sight of that reality in the midst of of the chaos of life. But somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the word of God. We're giving thanks this month and every month and every day. Thank God for our virtual victory group. Thank God we can hop on a Monday night prayer call. Did you know we have that every single Monday night from eight to 820? Thank God we can hop on that call with brothers and sisters And hear transparent, authentic, and hopeful calls to Jesus to meet us where we are every week. Thank God we can still serve with the Victory Kids or any other ministry team here at Victory, where it's more than just delivering lessons to kids. It's praying with and discussing scripture with others while considering how to influence the next generation. And all the while, we're getting impacted in the process. And then as we do encounter God, we we even though we're certainly still in the midst of all the chaos and the challenge around us, we hear some version of that, don't we? Who are we? A reminder that yes, we are fragile, we are imperfect, we are flawed human beings, we're tired. Oh, but within this fragile bodily jar of clay, there's a treasure. A treasure. Treasure, you ever been given something where you're like, I, why are you, why are you giving this to me? Like, I can't even accept, this is too much, don't deserve it. It's, it's, it's like, you you know, you look at the person when they're giving it to you like they're crazy. Why are you giving this to me? Why, keep it, no, you ever have that kind of a moment? Maybe not, maybe you're like, no, somebody give me something. <laughs> I say, thank you. And and you have no problems accepting and good on you. But But if you've ever had a moment where you're like, why? 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 No, I can't accept it. You're crazy for giving me something good like this. Truth is, we've all been given a gift that we don't deserve at all. A gift that when we really ponder it, we're like, God, why? Why this treasure? This treasure which is and who is the gospel? The gospel that is good news and that good news isn't just singular in its orientation there's a lot of good news in this here scripture the inspired word of god as second timothy 3 and 16 says useful for teaching and correcting and rebuking and training up in righteousness there's lots of good news why a big part of that good news is that uh, that god has entrusted us with it and that to me is the good news where i'm like it's good but it's so good why You've entrusted us with the words of God? With the message and ministry of reconciliation? With the message of hope? Why God would you entrust that message with such imperfection like me, like us? Why God would you entrust the incorruptible in these corruptible hands? Why would God do such a thing? I still don't quite get it if I'm honest. only thing I can come up with is that God's love for us is just mind boggling. It's unfathomable. Who am I? Like the psalmist said is often what I say in my prayer. Who am I that you, God, would be mindful of me? Who am I? For example, like I said 15 years ago in our wedding vows, and I'll say every single day, who am I, God, that you would send me, Taylor Alexis, Dara Sharp, in the summer of 2002 to ride that trolley at UVA and I was the only other passenger on that trolley? Who am I? Now that my heart is one, sorry, too much Annie in our house. Who am I that you would be mindful of me? Who are we? We're strong people. And not because of anything we've done, the apostle Paul says here in our text, 2 Corinthians 4. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are strong people not because we speak so well or because we we really understand what critical race theory is really all about or or because we can write a check or because our candidate won this weekend. No, we're strong because of the treasure on the inside of us. But since I've opened that can of worms now, uh, let me just say how thankful I am that no matter who won this weekend, God would still be sitting on the throne. Amen. And all elections have consequences. And this was no ordinary election. I recognize some of us, now that I'm there, are relieved. I recognize some of us are not. But this make no mistake was no ordinary election, y'all. It was so much bigger than politics. I've never seen anything like it. And I hope I never see it again because the relief experienced by many wasn't just about one's candidate being elected. It was, it was, it was, it was about breathing for many. And to that end, let's even be careful as I bring somehow this parenthetical to a close here, let's even be careful if you're a Christian about how we even say that God is on the throne, no matter what. Yes, I say it and it's absolutely true and I am so grateful for that. But that same God who sits on the throne, he sees and empathizes with those who feel a relief that can't be captured in a political talking point. Jesus knows and I am so glad that Jesus cares. So let's make sure That we do not, by making such statements, though true, that they're not cloaked in a color or gender blind voice that isn't reflective of the Jesus of the Bible who in fact sees all of who we are and our lived experience on this imperfect here earth. I'm so glad we serve a God who is not color blind. He's not gender blind. He sees our lived experience here. Yes, he's on the throne and Yes, ultimately I trust in Jesus and what Jesus can do, and thank God he sees us from the throne. And Jesus shows us how we can see each other. So let us not be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. We have some work to do. Let your will be done, Matthew 6 says, in heaven as it is on earth, and we get to participate in that. Close that parenthesis. The apostle Paul is saying in this text, we have treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, who had begun to, to, to challenge Paul's teaching and his authority. They called him fickle. They, they called him proud and boastful and worldly. They said, you're unimpressive in accept- in, in appearance and in speech, Paul. You're, you're unstable in your thought, Paul. You're not even a true apostle. Dogging, they were just dogging him out. You're dishonest, Apostle Paul. And yet the Apostle Paul doesn't turn his back on them or resort to some sort of revengeful behavior. Rather, he writes this letter, which for us is 2 Corinthians. And in part of the letter, he's defending himself against those charges, and he's doing so by making the case that God is the sole driver of his behavior, and his hope is that they would recognize God in him. Through his behavior, Paul, he's also encouraging the church at Corinth and by extension us that to live a life compelled by Jesus Christ a life controlled or constrained and held together by the love of Christ the power all surpassing power of God how else how else could we be pressed and not crushed how else could we be perplexed but not in despair how else could we be persecuted y'all but not be abandoned How else could we get struck down time and time again but not be destroyed? How, for example, could a people survive being wedged below deck on boats traveling across the ocean against their will, unable to stand or turn over many dying in that position? How during the Middle Passage did people endure and survive that? How does anyone keep walking across that bridge in Selma, Alabama, knowing Bloody Sunday was going to be a result? How does anyone stay or come back, as we did, to a city that ran a literal road through an entire Vinegar Hill community, rendering many of its residents subject to preventable conditions for generations? How in the world, then? Do we, Victory Church, really expect our vision to see people reconciled to God and to each other come to fruition? If we're going to see any manifestation of that vision, it'll be because of that same power that worked on Gideon's behalf in Judges 7 when he only had 300 folks. It'll be because of the same power that worked through Esther, the same power that raised Lazarus. All will say, this must be God. Not, all, man, they have the best workshops over there at Victory. And yes, that's important. God allows us to play a part and to do so with excellence. But it won't be said, oh, they do some powerful book studies over there. (laughs) Though I would recommend, again, that you put Color of Compromise on your list, Be the Bridge on your list, The Cross and the Lynching Tree by James Cone on your book list so we can participate well. But our vision is what it is. Because if we see any fruit and when we can say we see the fruit, it must be said that God lives here. God did it. God must be real. Why pursue any other vision that we could have some sort of control over? This is a supernatural one where God's power will be the only thing to which we can attribute the fruit we get to see born. Does anybody believe God? I'm just wondering. I know we're not in person, you can't necessarily talk back, but does anybody believe God where you're sitting? Anybody? Victory fan, friends, I love you. I, I love you dearly, but I don't believe in you. And hear that right. I don't believe in you. I believe in the power of God working through you. That's why I'm a broken record saying uh, 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 things like let's get in our Bibles every single day, get in a small group, serve with other people, get the multitude of counsel, because I believe in what the power of God can and will do through you, your individual and our collective obedience and surrender. I I, I need only look in the mirror at my own life to see what I and we are capable of doing to ourselves and our lives without that all-surpassing power. I don't have to look far at all. And if we want to see God's vision as it relates to Victory Church come to pass, push each other to grow in the Word. Ask some difficult questions in small group this week, and then find the answers for yourselves in the Word. Join our prayer time on Monday nights. Pray consistently with your small group. See what God won't do with His with God's all-surpassing power. I don't know of any other power I'd even wanna have. My degrees can't do it, my bank account can't do it, the house we live in can't do it, my pride certainly can't do it, my pedigree cannot do it. I, we need the power that led to God taking on the form of human flesh being tempted by sin as Jesus walked the earth yet never sinning. The same power that allowed Jesus to endure beatings, mocking, being spit upon, being hung on Calvary's cross to die the most painful and excruciating death and forgiving those doing that in the process. I need that power. The same power that got Jesus up from the grave three days later. Oh, I give thanks. That's where we are, right, fam? I give thanks that Jesus didn't quit on me. I give thanks he never quit on you. He never quit on justice. I give thanks, Jesus never quit on reconciling me to God. I give thanks, Jesus didn't quit on talking to me when I quit talking to him. Who are we? We are the sons and daughters of that kind of power where we can be hard pressed on every side. Anybody hard pressed right now? We can be and yet not crushed when we can be uh, not in despair though perplexed, where we can be persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Apostle Paul, he knew a little bit of something about that. Galatians 1 and 17 said he bore in his body the marks of Jesus. Brother was shipwrecked, stoned, left for dead, thrown in prison, beaten. And yet the Apostle Paul, no different from you or I today, a jar of clay in whom dwelled that power, he carried inside of him. And we do too. the death of Jesus, as our text says. In other words, we've we've crucified our flesh. We've Romans 6 and 6 talks about how our old self has been crucified with Jesus so that Jesus can be revealed in and through us. So the message this morning, it's quite simple. Don't quit. Now I have never given the points to a message as I prepare to close, but that's just kind of how we roll today. and so I'm going to close with the points. <laughs> don't quit is the main simple message. But if you're taking some notes and want to capture some of the main points, number one, don't miss the power in the pain. Don't miss the power in the pain. We're all enduring some level of pain, and God's power doesn't expire just because of that pain. So don't miss. God's power in the pain. Two, when pressed and perplexed, ponder the hope of Christ and press on. When pressed and perplexed, ponder the hope of Christ and press on. Isaiah 40 and 31 says that, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Philippians 3 and 14 says, I press. Apostle Paul is writing there to the church at Philippi. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When pressed and perplexed, ponder the hope of Christ and press on. Third and lastly, when persecuted and struck down, look up and reach up. Hebrews 13 and five, the latter part of that verse is God will never leave us nor forsake us. When persecuted and struck down, look up and reach us, reach, reach up. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-four says, though he may stumble. Speaking of us, he will not fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Proverbs 24 and 16a says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. When persecuted and struck down, look up and reach up. In closing, what are you about to quit right now? You might even be about to quit something nobody, nobody even knows. Are you about to quit life? Are you about to quit on your purpose? Quit on your destiny? Are you about to quit on your marriage? Are you about to quit on your kids? Are you about to quit on your community? Are you about to quit on reconciliation? Whatever it is, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Who are we? Who are we? We are strong people because, though, of the all-surpassing power from God. Don't quit. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm thankful that you didn't quit on us. I'm thankful that in your pain, you chose to forgive. In your pain. And you said not, for a moment, you said, let this cup pass for me. But then no, you said, Lord, but your will be done. In your pain, you had us in mind. we give thanks and by extension, you've called us now to bear your image in the earth, knowing we too would feel pain. I thank you that you're familiar with that pain. You see that pain, you care about us in the midst of that pain and there's no pain too severe for you not to be in it with us and for your comfort to be felt. And so I pray right now, wherever we find ourselves, Pain due to pandemic, pain due to health, pain due to finances, pain due to relationships, pain due to whatever comes our way. We know we're either going into something, in something, or coming out of it. Well, so, whatever that pain is, Lord, I pray that the all surpassing power of Almighty God would work in us these jars of clay, these fragile, flawed, imperfect jars of clay, such that we can press on. Help us. And if you're watching this and you're saying, I've never even invited this Jesus you talk about into my life to begin with, you can do that today. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10, which is in the New Testament, says that we need only to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord to believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And in that moment, Jesus enters our heart. Doesn't mean then the storms of life go away. Rather, it means we can live a storm proof life in that the peace of God that passes all understanding can guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus amidst the chaos. Oh, the hope we have in Jesus is not to relieve us necessarily from the pain and the challenge of life. Oh, but it's to, to bring his comfort and peace to rest in us such that we can do just that amidst it all, rest. That we can persist, that we can press on. And for those of us perhaps having already established a relationship with Jesus Christ but struggling nonetheless, may we today afresh declare the promises of God, renew our spiritual disciplines to do our part in in communing with God, to see God do what only he can do, reconcile us further to God and to reconcile us to one another. Yes, even in this deeply divided, yet to be United States of America. Thank you, Jesus, for being greater than. We place our hope and trust in you and we are grateful for the privilege of participating with you to see your will in heaven done on earth and may we participate well in Jesus' name we pray now and and in a continual fashion as as we live prayerful lives we say amen amen and amen love you victory famine friends and victory worship I miss y'all coming on stage right now to sing so I'm gonna just play the song of inviting folks onto the altar as I do often on Sunday mornings Fam, let's live in victory. Appreciate you.